Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's the Owen Odyssey. I don't know which part it is. I've lost count already, but it's um, Michael Owen's book. What's it called again? Reboot. Rebooted? Yeah, rebooted, reboot, I think. It, as, as we've said, it's, it's him trying to um, realign himself uh, personality-wise, reinvent himself as some kind of edgy, cool-talking, finger-clicking, yeah. leather jacket-wearing... Like a biker gang member. <laughs> yeah. Like leather jacket, yeah. cigarettes in his um, rolls his lucky strikes up in his uh, t-shirt, yeah. Ray Bands, the lot hanging around um, the the kid who leaves school at fifteen and then goes and hangs yeah. around the school outside the playground gates, like Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused. Do you know that movie? I've not seen it. it no. I rewatched it for the first time in years. I've not seen it. it. Wasn't as good as I remembered it when it came out. I fucking loved it. But it's one of those films that. When you get older, it's less exciting. But Matthew <laughs> McConaughey is fucking brilliant in it because he is that character. Right? He's he's like he's like a stonehead older kid who's never moved on. But <laughs> it's like a case of in the kingdom in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king because they all look yeah, up to him. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Very good. So that's who he uses a role model. Him and I think he also sees himself very much a snake out of the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, there's, we go back to another reference that we've we've touched on before. Gregory's girl, in that there's oh, a yeah. kid who left to become a window cleaner. He left school to become a window cleaner, and he comes back and cleans yeah. the school's school's windows, and has a bit of flirtatious banter with one of the teachers. He delivers the best line in the whole film, in my opinion, which, which is, is saying something because it's a line full of great it's a film full of great lines <laughs> but he's bragging to the other lads about the amount of birds you get to see when you're a window cleaner and yeah. he goes tits bum tits bum fan of the law <laughs> which was just like a cult saying amongst me and my adolescent yeah. pals for many years <laughs> tits bum fan of the law <laughs> my favourite yeah. bit in Gregory's Girl which we, we might do a deep dive one day is that yeah. little moment where the headmaster, played by Chick Mary, this Scottish comedian, uh, oh, is yeah. playing, his, playing his piano, 
in, a, in the music room and some couple of kids go along and just have a look at him around the corner and he just stops playing this jolly tune and just looks at them and goes, off you go, you small boys. <laughs> the other good bit is that he goes, his, isn't, his, his brother is a chef, isn't he? Yeah. Fit, fit, fit. Is that all you think about? <laughs> Chick Murray. Anyway, Chick Murray as well. He's, Chick Murray was uh, Billy Connolly's biggest influence as a comedian he? when he was when he was growing up. Yeah, there's a great Chick Murray uh, bit on YouTube where he's telling this joke about. Uh, he has this really laconic sort of style, laid back sort of style, and he says, uh, "I was walking along the street the other day and I come across this man with his dog, and he says to me, this dog here." It's a talking dog. I says, oh. He says, uh, yeah, watch this. And he says to the dog, speak. The dog says, nothing. He says, speak. 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 And the dog looks up at him and says, what'll I say? <laughs> <laughs> Chick Murray. Well, Chick Murray deserves a, an investigation, as does... Um, Gregory's Girl yeah. deserves a rewatch. I don't think I would have watched that in about 20 years at least. It's on ITV4 quite regularly, around about Is midnight. It, right? Yeah, sometimes at weekends. But um, yeah, we'll. Um... well, that's, my, that's Michael Owen. We're just catching up on Michael Owen's life influences. Yeah. And uh, and on the cover of this book, I don't know if we've discussed it, but it's great because he's, he's trying to look like, a, well, very much like a sort of a Sith from Star Wars because he's got a black hoodie that he's pulled down quite low so it shadows his eyes and he's done the telltale sign of anyone who's edgy he's left a day and a half's worth of stubble on for the photo shoot <laughs> I'm just going to look oh. it up I'm just going to look it up <laughs> reboot Michael Owen <laughs> yeah he has a knee just a reminder as well yeah. Michael Owen is 40 <laughs> so yeah. there's no need I'm, to be doing any I'm of that sort of, I'm the sort of fucking bad boy sometimes just won't shave one day. Yeah. And then it'll get to the next day, and I might not even shave that day. Although, by the time it gets to lunchtime, I will usually, even if I'm out, buy a big razor and just try to go to a public bathroom. Maybe a disabled, where you've got a bit of privacy, and just do a shave then, because you can't let things get out of hand. But a day and a half, fucking no problem. My next-door neighbour, who I won't name because of privacy reasons, GDPR and all that, he shaves mm. once every, I don't know, maybe it's a month. Because what he does, he just grows a beard, a white mm. Captain Bird's Eye-style beard, till it gets mm. really long. Then he just shaves the cunt off, starts again. Yeah, I quite like that style. I've gone through phases, not quite as extreme as that, but I've gone through phases where I've just let it grow, let it grow, let it grow, shave once, then let it grow, let it grow, let it grow. Because shaving's a fucking pain in the ass, isn't it? Yeah. But... He doesn't do like doesn't he doesn't do beard maintenance. It's not a permanent beard. It's just like no. I'm growing this, and I'll get sick of it, and I'll shave it off, start again. It's the Alan Cork technique. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Very successful. Where were we up to with this so, book? Do you know? The page that I am on on my Kindle is saying, surely the whole point of practicing is not <laughs> only to perfect a technique, but also to create a mindset and a muscle memory that will stand firm under the most severe pressure. <laughs> The same logic should also apply to penalty kicks. Yeah. While there would still be some variables, obviously, what the keeper does, for example, this is so partridge, at least you could remove some of them by being better at the act of taking a penalty. <laughs> We're always wiser after the event, exclamation mark. A <laughs> little bit of humour there at the end. I can't um, find that bit. So, 
I guess he's just going on here about famously didn't Hoddle not make them practice? I can't remember. Don't know. I can't remember who it was. I ma- I know Sven didn't make them practice. Then that was quite controversial, wasn't it? Yeah, we we got up to the bit where he said, "Thank God it wasn't me." I think, and then it was oh, it yeah, was about the aftermath, you. and he says the batty innings missed. Um, we'd held our own against one of the best teams in the tournament, even with ten men. That's when he moves on to David Beckham's input into that yeah. game. He says, "Having mentioned that we played some of that game with ten men, it would be remiss of me to not." comment on David oh, Beckham sending off that night. I, I think that you're all wondering what my take on this oh, is. Well, here it comes. Gearing, Prepare yourselves. Gearing up for a rant. Yeah. He says, um, I'll start by saying that David and I always <laughs> got on well on a personal level. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, that's not... He, he changes that attitude in a few chats when they're both at Madrid and Beckham fucking avoids the cunt like the plague. Does he? Which is why Owen hates it and has to go to Newcastle because he's got no mates. Oh, fucking hell. It's really My sad. My caveat is that I'd like to say we always got on well. Um... <laughs> After that World Cup, few would argue his and my paths were different. I became the darling of English football for a period of time, whereas he became the villain. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did, didn't It was he? a shame. Yeah. Well, it was a shame for him, not for me. It was a shame, but in some ways he deserved everything he got. <laughs> the press loved playing us off against each other as opposites, as we all know. But as you can see from the cover of this book... It was a misrepresentation of me as the goody two-shoes yeah. boy next door. I'm quite clearly wearing a hoodie uh, in a dark colour and have not shaved in over 36 hours. <laughs> I look as though I'm about as, to commit some kind of sex crime. Yes, I look as if I'm about to wank onto the corpse of a duck. <laughs> <laughs> as we all know, we're in the midst of an era where the press were just merciless. David certainly bore the brunt of that. General feeling in the dressing room immediately after the match was that there was nothing to say about him getting sent off. We were all disappointed about going home under the circumstances. What could any of us have done? However, sometime later, I got wind from Tony Stevens' assistant that Victoria... I can't remember who Tony Stevens is, his agent probably. That Victoria was in some way disappointed oh, in me oh commence the beef here it comes I'm very do you know what I'm very disappointed in Michael Owen ah. over all of this um, she felt I was told that while all the limelight was on me after the World Cup I should have publicly and voluntarily come out and back <clears throat> David had someone specifically raised it and I can't recall anyone doing it I may have considered saying something along the lines of come on everyone leave <laughs> off him <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 get me press secretary on the phone. I've got a statement I want to issue. Have you got a pen? Put it on the Write PA. Write this down. Put it on the PA wire. Is that what you do? Come on, everyone. Leave Stop. <laughs> Leave off him. Message Stop. ends. <laughs> Message ends. Get that out. Circulate it. The truth. Are we going to say it's about? No, leave that as a mystery. People should work out who I'm referring to. <laughs> The truth is, as an 18-year-old kid, I didn't feel I had the standing in the game to have done that off my own back. Yeah, he keeps saying yeah. this, doesn't he? I was just a kid. I didn't know what was going on. How old mm. was Beckham then? Like, 21 or something? He was a kid as well, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, Beckham, just... Be- Be- Beckham is my age because his birthday's really near to mine. So what are you And then? I'm 44, nearly 45. So Beckham will have been 22. 
So, yeah. you know, hardly a veteran. No. No, twenty in in ninety eight he would have been twenty three. Would he? Depends whether it's pre, he would have been twenty three. So yeah, he's still a young or, lad. When's your birthday? April, and so is David. All oh, right, yeah. okay, they just turned twenty three. Fair <laughs> enough. Fine. That's still that's still quite young though. Compared to the likes of, you know, Tony Adams and uh, Stuart Pearce and David Batty. I'll tell my I'll tell my David Beckham story real quick. It may be the fifth or sixth time I've told it. I've got a David Beckham story I've, here for you. <laughs> I've got a strong feeling. I've got a strong feeling that the main time I would have told it would have been on the great lost episode of the News Thing podcast. Right. Which for the real aficionados of our output mm. is considered a real like, you know, one of those well, what's the famous like Beatles bootleg or you know or Prince the, bootleg the, the, or something. The Beatles did a thing called Carnival of Light, which has never been officially mm. released, I don't think. It's about 26 okay, so minutes the, long. Yeah. I, I think the Sky Murderer episode <clears> of the News Thing podcast, yeah. which I don't know if that still exists. That's still out there. I think, I think it goes for about 140 quid now. It gets right. traded around on I've the podcast I've seen it on circuit. eBay and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And did some of our live shows. But did we not also put it out as a Time Machine episode, as a taster of news yeah, thing? Yeah, so maybe people have heard it. It's quite old, but it, it's called Sky Murderer. <laughs> because, it. <laughs> yeah, it's about... It's about my encounter in Liverpool with a contract killer. And part of that story was my one and only encounter with David Beckham, where as part of this long, long night and long story in the company of the contract killer, we found ourselves by pure chance at the Players' Christmas Party, Manchester United Players' Christmas Party, at a place called The Living Room in central Manchester. Oh, yeah. And... We saw all, we we were in one side of the bar and another side of the bar was roped off for the United players, and when we saw that they were all there, the contract killer said, "Hey, come on, lads!" He's a scouse contract killer. I'll get us in there, and we we're like, "No, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." No, don't be stupid. We're fucking going in there. So he goes over to the fucking security guys, and the security guys know who he is. Of course they do, right? <laughs> And so they let him in. They treated him like a legend. Oh, yeah, my uncle used to knock about with you in the 60s, blah, blah, blah. So they let us in. And uh, anyway, he does the old... There's a, there's quite a lot of young would-be wags there. Oh. It's the early noughties. They're dressed in, you know, very small shimmery dresses, oh. all the rest of it. And the contract killer, despite the fact he's about 60, decides, <clears throat> I'll have a bit of that on. So... <laughs> David Beckham's there and he goes up to Bex and he goes, hey, David, as if he's just known him his whole life. David, listen, mate, I'm going over to talk to those girls. I'm going to tell them I'm your uncle, right? So when I wave over to you, you just give us the thumbs up. Like, you like you know, you go along with it, yeah, lad, right? And Beckham goes, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, whatever, right? Live for a quiet life. You've never met him before. So the, the fella goes over and starts chatting up these young girls who are like who's this old man they don't even know he's a murderer but you could tell yeah and uh, and he goes he waves he points at Beckham I'm still standing near to Beckham I didn't talk to him at all I was just standing near him and he waves over and he goes alright ah, David and David Beckham goes cheers uncle like that <laughs> and I, let, I laughed and went sorry he's with us sorry about that and he went don't worry, mate. To be honest, I get asked to do that about five or six times a night whenever I go out. <laughs> Excellent. Good man. Beckham's providing free nephew services. Yeah, in order exactly. To men pull. <laughs> I suppose, you know, Beckham, I've always liked David Beckham. I've always thought he's a really good guy. 
like you know like I say that I've never met him other than that one occasion that's the only exchange I had with him but I've always had a thing Have for you? Bex right? do you think it's because you were born at, about the same time yeah kindred I, spirits I see us in a way as spiritual brothers your, your journeys have kind of intertwined ups and downs they have yeah, like, like yeah, a DA, exactly DNA. Right. What is it? Helix? They call it. Mm, yeah. I think that's it. I think David Beckham's like my spirit animal, or he's mine. I don't know what way it works. Probably both. But anyway, I've, I've a big soft spot for him, and I sort of think if if you were David Beckham, <laughs> what you're going to do other than say yes, whether it's a contract killer from Liverpool yeah. or anyone, when they come up and say, "Excuse me, David Beckham, will you pretend that I'm your uncle?" You're not going to go, actually, no, fuck off. Yeah, Lampard would do that. Lampard <laughs> definitely would, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid well, not. I can't do that. I don't have any kind of um, documentation which proves that there <laughs> is some kind of familiar link between us. Are you asking <clears throat> me to tell a lie for you on your behalf? <laughs> to commit a fraud? An untruth? <laughs> on what basis? You want me to mislead some people? <laughs> Why? To what end? Sexual <laughs> gratification? I simply won't be no part of this at all. This tawdry affair. <laughs> <laughs> Please yeah, leave this establishment no, Bex- before I have you ejected. Bex is a much better man than Lamps. I think so. Lamps then- was, Lamps was uh, going mental at the weekend, wasn't he? Um, I didn't see it. What was happening at the no. weekend? What was that there about? was a tackle by a Tottenham player in oh, Spurs, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. And they said, and VAR checked it, and it says no red card, but apparently it was the most obvious red card of all time. It was a totally over-the-top challenge. And then <laughs> later on in the same game, VAR suddenly piped up. VAR went, oh, right? you know what? That one earlier yeah. fucked it up. Yeah. Sorry, lads. Uh, sorry to interrupt the match, everyone. Sorry, sorry. I know the game's <laughs> carrying on, but just want to say... Referring back to that decision earlier, <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking. It was definitely a red. Yeah. Right. But thing is, the game's moved on now, so we don't feel as if we can send him off. But I just Lampard's felt that it was honest like, to be, you know, be honest about it. Yeah. I'd just come in. I'd been out for a fag. I'd just come back in and sat down. <laughs> I wasn't paying full attention, to be honest. I had a look at it. They looked all right, but fucking hell. One of the other lads said... I one eye on that and one eye... <laughs> On the one eye on the one fifteen at Aintree, right? I've got a set up here with a couple of tellies, and truth is, I ought to have the the game on both, so you got your different angles. But sometimes I just tune one of them into the whatever race I got that day, right? And it just so happened that it, it coincided. The timing couldn't have been worse for me personally. But anyway, I've had a proper look now, and yeah, and hands up. I hold my hands up. I got that one wrong, right? <laughs> Let's clear the fucking air. We all make mistakes, even me, John Var. Jalapeno. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. I've got to admit, I don't completely pay 100% attention to it all the time. I'll have a look when I hear the crowd making noise, because <laughs> that's when I think something's happened that I should probably look at, but... You know, you know, it's like a lot of the time I'm just on Twitter other- and I'm scrolling through <laughs> looking at, you know, who knows? Sometimes you go down, what do you call it, one of them wormholes, right? <clears throat> and like, you're, one minute you're looking at one tweet about the football, next thing you know, you're fucking involved in some sort of argument with some member of the fucking white supremacist organisation in the American Deep South. And you're thinking, how the fuck has this happened? It's easy that you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're scrolling. I mean, you can follow me. I'm on there. I'm just at VAR. Simple as that. I've got a tick and everything. I'm verified. Weird thing is, I've only got about 3,000 followers. I've been on since August. Don't know what the fuck that's about. But Send, uh, send me what you want. I like, I mean, I like all sorts. I like uh, animals. Big fan of yeah. like, the funny animal stuff. Um, you know, music recommendations. Any unusual... Event recommendations. Any unusual uh, natural stuff. Uh, stalactites. I like them. Stalagmites. <laughs> I can't remember which is which, but I like looking at them. They're very beautiful. Coconut crabs. I got into them recently. Yeah. They were doing the rounds, and that were great. And so, you know, I'm sat there scrolling. Yeah, I'm keeping an ear as, as much as an eye on the game. Um, sometimes I'll be on Instagram or Facebook looking up, you know, sexy ladies. Some of my exes and that. <laughs> but uh, it was the same fella that did the lunchtime game and the tea time game, wasn't it? What, the breath? No, the VAR fella. Oh, the same the VAR, VAR fella. They did, they did oh, Chelsea Spurs and then hell. Leicester versus Man City, I think it was at the week, uh, the, on the evening. They let him do two. He fucked up. They let him do another well, one. Well, you know, there's there's going to be a big problem with VAR because it's, you oh, know who they not been, already. No, it's going to get worse for them because they've been paying um, low-wage, unskilled immigrants to, to, to do the VAR. <laughs> and They'll because all get of kicked the, out. They're getting kicked out because it's a low, low it's a low skill, it's an uns, it's considered unskilled, unskilled labour, yeah. and so they're going to get rid of them. A lot of them are Romanians, yeah. right? And they're <laughs> they're getting rid of a lot of these unskilled Romanians who do it at the moment. Some Croatians too, <laughs> Some and Croatia. they're having, they're having to go back. And the problem is with the money they pay, which is barely minimum wage, mm. right? Plus, it's a zero-hours contract. In the morning, you just wake up and you don't know whether you're going to get called or not. Yeah. you just got to be on Must standby. Much, might not. Yeah. And um, they can't find indigenous Brits willing to do it. Yeah. They've, they've, they've advertised it a lot, but there's like, you know, fellas going, oh, I've been off of this, uh, been off of this VAR thing, but I think I'd rather do fruit picking instead. Yeah. Okay. End of the day, right? I've seen this VAR thing, right? It makes no sense for me financially. I'm better off because if I if I put myself forward for it, right, then I've got to come off the benefits. Yeah, right. And I'm only get. I'm better off staying on the weeks. benefits. It's not worth it. Plus, as well, it's there's lots of like, there's lots of dials and buttons and that. It seems quite hard. Yeah, and it, you always get shit. Whatever you say, you can't when you get loads of shit. I don't need it in my life. No, I think I've I'll got stick, enough shit at home. I'll stick with a raspberry picking because I, I, I'm out there in the fresh air. It's hard work. But I'll get as many free yeah. raspberries as I want as well, so I don't And no think... one bothers you. Yeah. No I... one bothers you. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Before, everyone's bothering you. Everyone's having something to say yeah. about the way you're doing your job. No one gives a fuck how I pick my raspberries. I could pick them with my fucking feet if I wanted I'm like, to. Hey, I'm like, oh, no one bothers me. I go back with a basket at the end of the day. There's the, your raspberries. They don't know I've missed a load or I've eaten a load. They don't fucking know that. With the VAR, there's all the buttons and everything and some cunt shouting at you if you get things wrong. I don't need fuck it. that. Fuck that. Uh, the thing about all this fruit picking stuff that people go about, oh, who's going to pick our fruit? You know what I'm thinking? You fucking do it. Who the fuck's, eat- who the fuck's eating all this fruit anyway, right? <laughs> They're making out that the fucking wheels of industry are, are fucking powered by the raspberry in- business, right? Yeah. No one eats fucking... I mean, I I like a raspberry, don't get me wrong, right? But you know, I'm a you know me. I'm a very metropolitan middle class bloke, aren't I? I mean, I'm part of the urban elite, so I'm on the fucking raspberries, the gooseberries, everything, day in, mate. Day out, yeah. But day in day out, but you you great unwashed aren't eating fucking fresh raspberries. Well, of course they're fucking not. They they all eat chips and nuggets, yeah, don't they? Yeah, but when we've only got seasonal raspberries and you can only get them for yeah. like two months a year, they're going to be like. First yeah. of all, they're going to be like fifteen quid a fucking box, and everyone's going to be all over them be fucking fighting in the streets for them because they'll not be importing them anymore. <laughs> but, but like I say, mate, that <clears throat> that is not a big issue up and down the land, I don't think. I mean, you know, Will be. in the sort of genteel area where I live, yeah, there might be some raspberry wars. There could be. Mm. Um, but most people won't fucking notice if they've gone, to be honest. As long as there's still fried chicken shops, no one cares the about raspberries. to be made, thinking ahead, this is something for me and you mm. to consider, is going to be providing security services at Raspberry Fields. Whoa. Isn't it? With the, yeah, now that is gonna, something People are going to start get getting in there in. and getting their own. It'll be like one of those apocalyptic <clears throat> movies. Like, Well, it'll basically be like Mad Max. Yeah. But rather than everyone trying to get petrol, everyone will be trying to get raspberries. Yeah. be a very British version of Mad Max, where the year is 2032. The... Uh, Britain is down to its very final <laughs> raspberry resources. <laughs> well, society is dying out from scurvy due to raspberry deprivation. One man goes on a desperate mission across England in a bid to revive this alien industry. <laughs> this could be your next Tom book. Hardy is Raspberry Rob. This could be your next book, When the Raspberries Stop Growing. Yeah, <laughs> fuck fucking you, dystopia. Um, the, what was that dystopian one? When, when the, the roses the, grew or something, wasn't when it? The when, they, when the roses bloomed. When the roses bloomed. Or when they died, I can't remember. No, they no, it was when the roses bloomed. They were blooming in January. Because it was about global warming, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The raspberries, though. What? Have you noticed that's the theme? Global warming and its effects is a theme across a lot of my science fiction work, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because you remember the first line of Space Robbers, which I was really pleased with. I was thinking about it yesterday. We thought of doing any more? I've got another chapter in store. That'll be in Friday's episode. Yeah. Right. Um, what was I going to say? Raspberries. You know when you go pick your yeah. own? Yeah, I haven't done that in years, but yeah. It's great fun people what they'll do is they'll start weighing you when you go in and then weighing you when you come out because people will start to go in and just fucking stuff their faces and get a month's worth of raspberries like a, a fucking half a stone's worth yeah, of raspberries yeah. in your in your guts and i then, like these ones in my guts but then, and then when i get home i'll chuck it all up it comes out like one of them coolies a puree <laughs> i'll put yeah, it in the fridge fucking nice that put it in the fridge and just have it again later on i had it in your guts kids kids <laughs> Get as much as you can. 
but they only gave us one punnet. Don't worry about that. Once you've filled the punnet, hide the rest of it in your fucking guts. <laughs> we'll get it out when we get home. <laughs> Try not to chew too much, though. Try to swallow some of them all. But what they'll do is they'll wear you when you go in, wear you when you come out, so people will start going in with pebbles and stones secreted in their trousers. Ah. And then throw them onto the What's field. What's this, the Sunderland fucking raspberry farm? Oh, this is just me thinking ahead. Me thinking ahead of the... Uh... Oh, I thought you were saying you'd seen this, No, dump. this is what people will do. I think people... I don't know if you saw the recent episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they all have to be weighed to get on the private yes. plane. And they're really... And everyone... The big theme of the episode is people do not want other people to know their weight. Yeah. Right? So people do not want to be publicly weighed. It is a thing that really is like a massive fucking deal to people. Yeah. Which I wasn't aware of. But I will tell you something. I haven't known my weight in years and years because we don't have scales. No. And there's a reason for that is that it was sort of like, I think it's bad for you to Mm. weigh yourself. You know what your weight is. You know if you've put on weight. Yeah. There's ways you can tell. It's like how your clothes fit being the main one. Yeah, exactly. And you know if you've lost weight. It's just all about how your clothes fit most of the time. And But if you weigh yourself, it can become a dangerous obsession. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're best off not doing it. Yeah. So who knows what fucking weight I am? Good, no, no idea. Good tip there for the teens that listen to the podcast. I think there. Some. Uh... Well, recently I tried to change my policy. Right. All right. I was like at the beginning of this year. I really wanted to lose some weight because I knew I put on quite a bit. And so I said to my wife, "I'm going to get some scales because I really need to stay focused on losing weight." And I and I think it would be handy for me to track it. Mm. So I'm really focused on it. And she, do you know what she said? She said she didn't want scales in the house <laughs> because of our daughter, who is, like, ele- uh, 12, right? Yeah. Uh. She's, she's uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that, anyway. She's 12 you year know, old girl. You know, and, you know and David I, Beckham's birthday at the end. I, know, I don't know my daughter. That's a really good wind-up to do on your kids. As I said to my daughter when we were out last <clears> week, I can't remember how it came up, but I told her that I knew her brother's birthday, but I didn't know when hers was. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept guessing wrong. Wildly wrong. Brutal. It's a good wind-up. It's a really solid one. Yeah, it's brutal, but it's a really good one. Um, you don't have scales, then? We don't have scales. That's the beginning and the end of the story. But I'm just interested to know what people think, because I think that's... I don't know what to do. I think there's so much fucking... Um, uh, concern nowadays about body image and yeah. particularly the way young women feel about themselves and their bodies. Exactly. That is it going too far to say, oh, I don't even want my daughter near scales in case she finds out what her weight is and then starts thinking about it. But you might find I mean, then that she goes behind your back and starts nipping into boots and going on the machine, 50 pence a go, weight and height. And then she's wasting money as well. Um, Great. Yeah. So she's going mad and spending money. Yeah, and it's money that she's not going to spend on food if she thinks she's too heavy. So, yeah. and can't wink, can let's you? not forget as well, Andy, right? Nowadays, you know, it's like, well, you know, oh, why would you weigh yourself? It doesn't matter how much you weigh. Well, actually, it fucking does, doesn't it? Because <laughs> it's really unhealthy to get too fat. Mm. So we do need to keep a, a track on it. But, like, nowadays, it's sort of, you can't say it. Apparently, you can't say to someone if they've lost weight either you can't say it like you can't say it you can't say oh you've lost weight why can't you say it because it's like 
I uh, can't remember why, is it but there's got, a there, is there, it in case there they've got reasons. AIDS or something like that. No, no, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You've lost weight. You've got AIDS, have you? Um, no, you've been it's, on the uh, AIDS. It, it, it's, it's because you're supposed to, um, you, just by mentioning weight, you're you not allowed to speak someone. about anyone's body image at all. No, what? Not on any or level. Or negatively. And I think that's awful. And I can tell you, I have lost a bit of weight this year. And if anyone sees me out and about, feel free to say, whoa, you've lost weight, mate. Mm. It won't trigger me. It'll trigger me, but in a good way. <clears throat> it's it's just another thing. I'm, I'm going to sound like an old foggy here, which I'm trying not to. It's another thing that's been dictated to us by the younger generation who are saying that the, mm. these social mores aren't correct and you can't say that about someone. You, you can't say this. Them. You've got to stop doing this now. This isn't acceptable anymore. I'll say this to you, right? One word. Mentoring. Mm. Who gets to be a mentor? Is it a fucking 19-year-old? No. No 19-year-old has ever mentored anybody. Is it people like you and I who know things and Mm. who've lived? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, we would be great mentors. Wouldn't we? In many ways, I feel that we we are mentors via this podcast. I think so as well. Because a lot of young people listen to it and take a lot of life lessons from it, I think. I mean, should we offer one-to-one mentoring? Obviously, for paid extra, for, yeah. it's an extra tier on the Patreon, yeah. yeah. 50 quid a month, something like that. We could possibly do mm. that. Maybe a phone call once a month, just you know, check in on you and that. Hey, mate, here's an idea that you'll hate. I was Thanks. speaking to someone who is the manager of a musician, right? Yeah. Fairly well-known musician. Big, you know, decent following. Not global Ed Sheeran level, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, it's anyway, okay, the manager was... The, the the manager was drawing parallels. I was telling him about Top Flight Time Machine and our audience, and and he was like, "Oh yeah, well, that's like so and so. She's got the um, a following that is you know similar size, whatever." And I said, "Well, we do Patreon," and he said, "Oh, we do loads of things like that." He goes, "You got you got to do it if you're not like well famous. You're not selling a million records every time, but you've got a big following. You do lots of different levels." And I said, "Oh yeah, well we you know we do a bit of video now. We have some subscription episodes." And he goes, yeah, do you do uh, dinners? And I went, what? <laughs> what, corporate dinners? He went, no, 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 not corporate dinners. He goes, you just do tickets to special events <laughs> where people come and you have a small intimate thing, but the tickets are quite expensive you have a bit and of you dinner. have a dinner. Yeah. And I was like, no, but my eyes widened because I thought, yeah, great idea. And then I thought, fucking hell, the chance of getting Andy along to a dinner is uh, but then again, mate, if we made it like Manfrance, yeah, like well, your vision of Manfrance, yeah. and and the food, and we had food, we had a beige buffet, yeah. like themed beige meal. And we did it in a premier we, inn. Pa- we had we room. did it in a premier inn. We perhaps invited a special guest. If it's not, who was, was it? Ray, you were just Ray Parker, Ray Parker Junior. Junior. Couldn't get him. I, you know, I can definitely get Alexander O'Neill. You know that, right? Yeah, because I, if he's I in the country, know him. He's he lives here. Does he? Or he lives at least half of his year here. Yeah. Oh, do that. Yeah. Or maybe he's get. Um... So I, 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 and I, and I actually know how much he costs. And we, I'm not saying he's cheap, but I think we could afford him, especially if we were selling tickets. And if to the we event. can't get him, we could get fats and fats and small, couldn't we? Oh, easily. Yeah, <laughs> we get him both. I mean, to be honest, Ben would come down just for the dinner because he's, you know, he's a mate, <laughs> and we could have him and Alex. Fucking hell, this is shaping up to be brilliant. Let's right? do it. We'll get we'll get a hotel. We'll get Alexandra O'Neill and Ben from Fats and Smalls. Yeah. Right, we'll do a dinner, 
Uh, me and you'll do <laughs> some funnies. We'll have a buffet. We'll do a few funnies. We'll do a Q&A. But then at the end, we'll do... There'll be music. Alexander O'Neill will do Criticise. Mm-hmm. Ben from Fats and Smalls will do Got to Turn Around. Mm-hmm. And then all four of us will do a song together. Probably That's, that's Living, living all right. all right. yeah. Can you imagine Alexander O'Neill doing That's Living Alright? Me and you. I reckon that is worth, Cunters. I reckon that is worth... Just top of my head spitballing here. Get back to us on Twitter and tell us whether you're interested. I reckon as a full night... It's not going to be big. There might just be 50 people there maximum. Probably less. 100 quid. (laughs) I'm up for it. (laughs) 100 quid a ticket. But don't quote, don't hold. This is not legally binding because it might be that I reckon we can squeeze more out of you. It might be 200. (laughs) I haven't thought this through. There'll be tears. I mean, this is mad. This is mad that I'm even saying this out loud on a podcast. But. Andy doesn't seem as hostile as I thought he might be, uh, now that I've mentioned the buffet and yeah, Alexander that was, O'Neill. That was what for me, definitely. <laughs> yeah, get back to us with your feedback. Great. Right, that's the end of this episode. Uh, we didn't really cover a lot of Michael Owen. But, uh, I think we covered quite a lot of Michael we Owen. We did a bit, didn't we? we his thoughts mm. on David Beckham and... Um, uh, anyway, the it. thing is, we we because you've been touring with Minx this week, and I've had a bit of a busy week, but uh, in a less interesting way than yours, but... It's uh, we haven't we haven't chatted yeah, as much thought, as usual, so we, we had a lot to catch yeah, up on. I thought we felt we needed to unburden ourselves a bit. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Still we'll be back with more Michael Owen and fuck knows what else next week. Thanks for listening. Take FN. Keep it canty. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market